tell me about we're recording right now so tell me about this 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 these are not on this for sure <laughs> tell me about these stickers so the little one is like one of my mix and match body sets so i drew a bunch of heads and then a bunch of torsos and a bunch of legs and then i sell them for a dollar piece and then people get to mix and match them and i like to make it more um inclusive you know mm-hmm. for, so people can choose exactly like what they want what's what suits their needs or right. their these are like the greatest stickers i've ever seen <laughs> I, I was raised with skateboard stickers and it was always mm-hmm. you know um, you know more lines and I know, I know that these are lines too, but these are so, the color is so beautiful, and I can't believe this is a person on a skateboard here. <laughs> I mean, like, I've never in my life seen a skateboard sticker like this. Mm-hmm. Have you? No, I haven't. Very, um, I feel like more recently now, yeah. there's more variety of um, artwork with skating, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Who would you say is sort of producing something that's different Producing what, now? Yeah, like you said, now it's a little more. Like, is there any? Is there a, is it a company or is it independent people or? I'd have to say independent people. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when you go with like the the basic or not the basic, but the most well known like companies like Santa Cruz mm-hmm. and even like Hurt Life, who I ride for. Um, yeah, oh really? They stick with that's the, like one of my favorite skateboard companies. Mm-hmm, yeah, I love their boards. Yeah, but, I like their style. Yeah. 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 But um, that's true. Yeah, right. Hurt Life is one of them. But it's, uh, you know, my touch, it has a bit more of a feminine touch in a way. Right. Um, but the inclusion of, uh, like, figures now with skating, like an actual person on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I was talking to my dad recently, actually, about this, because they had the, the girls skate um, jam thing at um, Huntington Beach Vans. Oh, yeah. And they gave out all kinds of product, and right. I was like, that's really awesome. But I was the only thing I was disappointed with was the fact that, like, this was like a girls skateboarding event but their design was a shoe you know and I felt like it was a little biased in the fact that you know if that would have been like something for the guys there would have been somebody skating on the the design and why that do you they think that happened that way I don't know I feel like you know women's skateboarding is definitely on the rise like yeah. it's it's so much bigger Can't now but it's it's still not on the same level or promoted on the same level it's you know um there of course with women there's a more feminine side so that i feel like maybe the need to simplify to address to all of the women and not just skateboarding women maybe okay because they're trying to sell shoes in the end Mm -hmm. okay right but yeah i just found it that's a great observation i never picked that mm -hmm. up yeah because my dad had got got me a pin i was like this is really cool like that's awesome that they're like doing these events Mm -hmm. now for girls to make it more inclusive but i was disappointed in the fact that i was like why isn't there like a girl skating on the tote bag instead of a purple shoe (laughs) it says that and i'm not sure i don't believe they did it on purpose but it says that that an item of clothing is more important to a girl than the act of skateboarding. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I've taken your picture a few times. I've never had a conversation like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, what is your process for this, these stickers? No, no, let me ask you this. What, what is your process for this art? Meaning that what, what did you do in your life that led to this art? So... Did it always look like this? Did it evolve? No, it's definitely evolved, especially within the last, I'd say, just six months or so. Six months, really. But, um, 
How does that, how has it changed the last six months? Uh, once I started taking uh, figure drawing at school, yeah. I went back to school last fall and I yeah. took a drawing course, but then when I took figure drawing in the winter and understanding how the human anatomy works and like the composition of a body and learning proportions and everything just really propelled my artwork and understanding and really being able to draw what came from my head and what whatever came to mind. So before you were, you felt that was sort of trapped in there because you didn't have the... Yeah, I felt, um, I've always done, you know, heads and busts, but never really like full figures just because I didn't understand how the human form works, so it was hard, it was harder to draw, and it, I felt a little stunted, but it was okay. something that I was trying to get more into, but then once I took that class, it just, like, the doors just opened. Mm. Um, Made more sense to you. Yeah. It was easier to articulate. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm. There was a whole new understanding that came with it. Mm. it was, um, I had missed that portion of lesson in high school, mm-hmm. and so I never got that, like, basic, um, those tools to use. That's interesting. Now, what about your color, your sense of color, particularly in these, because I've seen a lot of things you've done um, on, on Instagram, mm-hmm. and this color, uh, the color choices you have here, what, what do you, what are your thoughts on that, on color theory and Color theory is a a newer thing for me. I recently looked into it more um, for a side project that a friend of mine and I are working on. But I've never taken, like, a color theory class, but I've always done much more arbitrary colors, so, like, Mm -hmm. out of the normal, not usual skin tones and Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I I maybe chose, like, a brighter palette and a more abstract palette. Mm -hmm. Like, Picasso is one of my biggest influences, so I've always had a much more abstract style just from his influence. But also just the fact that, um, like, I chose to start drawing, like, naked women as a way to, um, like, desensitize people to the, like, to the nudity of women because, you know, we all have nipples. <laughs> yeah. So. But in society, it's this invisible. Exactly. Yeah. So just to normalize it more and then, you know, brighter colors stand out more than something that's um, more ordinary than putting some, um, like a regular skin tone on right. instead of it's making... an abstract s- choice. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, is there a particular, within that palette you've chosen, are there certain colors you gravitate towards? Um, I, I prefer to use as many colors as possible in a piece. It, like sometimes, especially when I paint, I can use anywhere from like 10 to 20 colors. Really? Just because... Um, just like, now that I have, a like, such a good understanding of the color wheel, because I've been doing art since I was in, like, eighth grade avidly. If you know the color wheel, that's it, pretty much color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I'm sorry. What was the question? Oh, you're like <laughs> me. Don't worry. Don't worry. Well, I mean, I just wondered about this, your color, your choices, and, like, how you came on onto these colors and why they're so vivid. But it makes sense with the Picasso reference, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, colors, I wouldn't say, like, I necessarily use, like, one color with intent all the time. Yeah. It's just when I use one color, I know what colors go best with it. Okay. So it tends to, um, they all form fall into, like, that analogous kind of color scheme of, like, mm-hmm. um, yellow, orange, red, or, yeah. like, blue, green, purple, yeah. you know, those so warmers with warm warm and uh, cool. Oh, with, oh the yeah. analogous, the ones mm-hmm. Yeah, right next other. to each other. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. See, you don't, you say you never took a color theory class, but you know more about color theory than I do. I've done more research lately, so yeah. I'm more, um, I guess, grammatically correct. What is a the tertiary word. color? You know? Tertiary, isn't it on the... They're on opposite sides, the, the three? I have no idea. I don't know. 
forget. Yeah, it means something else. <laughs> and then there's the, uh, what the, the colors that, uh, like teals and oranges. That, uh, yeah, they have yeah. lots of right? Yeah, so if I'm really trying to make something emphasized in a piece, like if I do have like an underlying, like, metaphorical meaning, or if I'm trying to highlight like a certain object, I'll choose a more, like, complementary, because then it just pops out naturally to the eye. Right. Yeah, and then uh, the interesting, interesting thing about colors and colors. One of the colors is, is it yellow or is it down in the. Uh, what are the purple colors? Was it like violet? Violet. Like it's violet. Uh, it's it is. Yeah. I thought some of the colors were sort of like. They could be construed as more and more. It's in, I think that starts to go into once you get into like secondary colors. Uh -huh. You have. Because you have your. So you're talking about tints and. Or, or no. Tints and tones, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. But tints and tones are more of like when you add black or white, right. and then secondary colors are the actual mixing of like your oh, primary so you're colors. Oh, like your yellow and your and your if you mix yellow and green, yeah, with the orange. Because mm -hmm. like you have your like on the color wheel, you have red, blue, and yellow, which are your primary colors, yeah. and then in between those, like yellow and blue make green. So that's your secondary color. Okay. And then each secondary color pairs with a, a primary color, which is where you get the complementary color. So yeah, once you, you start know to, all about <laughs> I literally just took a class in color theory last semester. Mm -hmm. I just forgot it. I got a B in the class, but I just mm -hmm. forgot it all. Just in my head and right out. Mm -hmm. That's the way my head works. Yeah, so. I started. Um, I guess what I think of color theory and like theory, I go more underlying message instead of like the actual. Um, oh, so you're thinking like what colors do to a person emotionally, or what do you mean? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah. That is a part of it. But what you're talking about is the actual, the basics, you know? Mm -hmm. what, what you mix to get what, what's complementing the other. Um, we did some stuff in color theory where you would take, like, a certain color on the, on the, you know, out here, and then you would take this other color, and you'd put it over that color, and it would change its mm -hmm. color because of what was behind it. Yeah. And so we had to do stuff where we want to have this purple turn into yellow and this yellow turn into purple. Mm -hmm. And so the, you had to switch the colors beneath them to create, to oh, make that happen. So weird psych. Uh, it is weird how that happens because I was working on a painting um, last semester and I was painting a bunch of different geodes and like, um, you know, like the mineral yep. and stuff. But there was this one geode that I had, like the pink was just like, it was super bright and very like, it was magenta and like okay. almost like a fuchsia. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize like I didn't have the right paint. And then once I finally gotten it, um, and I was trying to mix it and mix yeah. it, and I wasn't realizing that I had to lay, um, like, a brighter red underneath first, uh -huh. and then the, I think it was called, like, deep magenta or something uh -huh. like that. To and I had to lay color. that over it, and then it finally That's gave me the, the shade that I needed, the hue. Now, when you say lay over, so you're saying that as you're mixing it, you actually had a color beneath? Yeah, I had to lay, it like, a first layer. Okay. And then put the... To get that... Oh, that's yeah. cool. So was it a translucent situation? Where um, yeah, I guess a in a way, um, the paints that I work with are a little bit more translucent. Mm -hmm. um, but So you have that base down there, and then when you put that second color on, we're seeing through that color somehow, and that created a... I don't know if it was quite um, like a total transparent effect, yeah. but I think just the effect of like having that base color. It's yeah. like when you put um, like white down first, and then you mm -hmm. put the color on top, it just makes it pop more. That's cool. So you really... Paint a lot. Oh, painting, I try to do. I just don't have the space, unfortunately, yeah. right now. Mm -hmm. But drawing, every day. Okay. Yeah. Right. And all the time, like, 
you're in our class and you're one of the you're the one who's like doing this during our class. There's a whole other class. That was definitely me in high school. Okay. Always getting in trouble for doing, especially on my hands. Yeah. I like used to love drawing all over my my skin. There was just something about drawing on something else other than paper mm-hmm. that was so much more interesting. That's interesting. Than just yeah. Huh. That's Is that still a thing? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. <laughs> what types of things do you? Because yeah, your art's on all kinds of things, lighters to what? Tell me what you. So I have stickers primarily, and then I do lighters. I also know how to embroider, so I do pack iron-on patches. And then I'm selling ashtrays now that I hand paint. And then there's a water transfer decal that's also on them. Okay. And then I have I know how to um, sculpt a little bit, so I have oh, really? some pendants that I sell. And then I have pillows. And then I uh-huh. just started making compact mirrors, so I'm hand painting those. Oh, how cool! Yeah. Pillows. That's you. Are you making the pillows? Or are you um. It you print onto it's like a cotton material yeah. and it goes right through your printer yeah. and then I backed it on linen yeah. and then um, stuffed them with organic cotton and then uh, did them on the sewing machine. So you sew? Yeah. Oh, that's a killer. Yeah. That's a confounding thing for me to interpret with my mind because like you talk about sculpting, I feel mm-hmm. like people who can sew or sculpt is like this was somehow sewn this mm-hmm. bag in your bag and somehow like, this blows my mind. Yeah. Just a shirt. Because it starts they... so flat, yeah. and then it all of a sudden is three-dimensional. Right. Did you ever take a 3D class? No, I haven't. There's there's a lot of classes I want to take. Right now, though, my goal with school is to go and utilize the tools that I feel like I'm missing right now as an artist. Mm-hmm. So I find as I'm like going along, I'm like, okay, now I need to take this class. Now I need to take this class. Not necessarily going for that degree because, you know, nowadays it's not the most... Um, it's not the most detrimental thing for success, especially as an artist. It's yeah. more independent work and in how I promote myself and display myself. Is that lot, true? So it's independently. All, art is the, in the, to make a business of art, it's all in that you have to market or what is that? Is yeah, that I feel like it's, um, there's, there's always benefits when you seek higher education, but in terms of like, whether it's an art or skating or anything, it's, yeah. you know, it's that own self-driven like motivation. Like if you're not motivated on your own to, put yourself out there yep. you won't get there even if you have a degree yeah, that's, no, it's, the good degree is no guarantee yeah right that's absolutely correct yeah yeah i look at i'm, I'm old so when, <laughs> I, when i take classes they're just to get like i took a color theory class just to really um use it with my camera mm-hmm. just so i have to, when i'm editing an image then i'm understanding more about what can guide a person's eye through an image oh and, yeah etc like the way you guys do with when you make a painting or, mm-hmm. yeah so um, but yeah it's not like um, well any, if you're a great artist when you go through theory and I mean when I say that I mean school mm-hmm. it gives you the basics yeah exactly and you're going to of course be successful after because you would have been successful anyways mm-hmm. but I don't I personally don't believe that theory ruins an artist some people believe that that oh mm-hmm. it's going to take all of your soul out of your art and, no I feel like um, that's more for the people that are that are only seeking the theory out of hopes of success. Yeah, right. Because then, like, you're not really doing it for yourself. You're doing can't it do that. for... You can't just take yeah. class and suddenly be some great... Mm-hmm, exactly. Just because you know the theory. You have to... And that's an interesting question. So where does art come from? I think it's all, like, internal inspiration. It's everywhere. It's, like, it's, you know, on the tables that people, you know, the graffiti on or just... Um, like own internal emotion that and it's not just um, you know there's 
visual arts, there's um, like music, there's and audio, there's there's yeah. so many different forms of it. Yep. And I feel like it's it's so suppressed nowadays because you're told that like as an artist, it's so hard to make money. And yes, frankly, it is. It's yeah. it's a it's a it's a it's a difficult like career choice to choose because you're there. It's a lot of work and a, a lot of work that you um, put so much time and effort in, but people don't always appreciate it. But it's it's also one of the most like giving careers I think or um, paths to lead because why is it giving? Um, I feel it's so giving because it's just another way, it's another form of communication uh-huh. like whether it's through painting or through music it's um, it's different than sitting down and having a regular conversation because it's it's more one on one and individual like from what. Like a, a viewer perceives, like from from the artwork. Right, I like that. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, do you see any parallels in um, skateboarding and visual art? Oh yeah, it's like I said, it's a um, skateboarding so individual. It's a very um, don't, somebody else doesn't land the trick for you. You right. do it. That's all your own motivation and drive. Right. And you know, yeah, there's collaborations of artists, yeah. but most of the time, you know, each artist has their own distinct style and form. Mm-hmm. And it's just another form of like self-expression. You know, how many people, how many times do you go out to the skate park and see somebody with like a pimped-out grip tape? Yeah. Or right. you know, something done up on their helmet, or all the tattoos that they, you know, right. that they have. Um, but as a skate, as but as skateboarding, the act in itself of kick turning and carving and grinding, is that an art or is that a sport or what is that? I think it's an art because everybody has their own style. Yeah. I mean, you have influences the same way like I draw inspiration from another artist. You have other skaters that you draw inspiration from, like yeah. how to do a trick because you like their style. Right. But in the end, you can never copy that person's style. So it's, it's, there's definitely a parallel. It's like sort of an imprint. Each person has their own thing. Like this, if somebody else made this sticker I'm looking at that you created, they used everything. They did it just like you. It wouldn't look like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it was would fool a lot of people, certain people look at that just right away. No, that's not the way she makes things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think skateboarding is the same way. I've never, yeah. I've never seen a skateboarder, you know, do a frontside grind the same as another skateboarder. Yeah. Everybody exactly. has some slightly different... Isn't that weird? hmm Yeah. And I'm an old guy, so I used to skate when I was a kid, you know, like um, in the 70s. And uh, because of the liability, they shut down all the skateboard parks. Yeah. And, um, and then they, they, we all got back together and started skating again in the year 2000 or so. And all these dudes that hadn't been skating like in 30 years, they had the same... They were these old dudes, but they had the same exact style they had that I remember when they were children. hmm It's like riding a bike. Like, I took six months off of skating for my last injury, yeah. and then the first day back to skating, it was like I had never stopped. It's, it's, um, it's like a, it's a part of your soul. Right. Once you're in it, you're in it, and, right. like, you don't, you don't lose that touch that, like, you've given to your skateboard. Right. And how long have you been skateboarding? <sighs> well, I'll be 21 this year. I started skating 
when I was like a toddler, but <laughs> when I yeah. first got really got into it, I was around seven probably, okay. and then stopped for. What does that mean? Getting into what did you do? Did it was just like you know, kick turning around in the yeah. living room, learning how to good. just drop in on flat, like in your in the living room. Right, little air drop. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, just that basic exposure of just stepping onto a skateboard mm -hmm. as a child. Yeah. And then. I played soccer for quite a few years, yeah. and then the team sport thing just wasn't for me anymore. Okay. And my dad has always skated, and so is my brother. So my dad was like, your skateboard's always here. And we went out one weekend my freshman year, and then I just couldn't stop after yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it that you did that? Where did that happen? Um, I want to say the first first like session back after, I don't know, probably a good five years was at like Montclair and Ayala Park. Yeah. And I still... I all park to this day is one of my favorite parks. Yeah, it's so fun, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was driving here and I looked to the right. Oh, Chino's over there, something I call it Chino. Yeah, right? same. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, that's cool. And then you just kept it up ever since. You've just always been skating. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, art and skating have always been a, a very constant thing in my life. And skating is, like, a part of my heart and soul, but art is my, my passion. And Sounds like, like it to me. What I'm trying, what I want to do with my life and what I want to communicate with the world. Because, I mean, like, I know I know my abilities and, like, I love skating and um, I'm fortunate enough to get flow from a company when I do need boards. Yeah. But I know I'm not also one of the top competitors able to, you know, perform at the same level like Nora or Lizzie. And I but I, I have the most utmost respect for those women because it's that's a gnarly um, platform to be on to having to be competing with so many other talented women and then yeah. along with the men too as well right. to have to hold your own. Yeah. Well, it seems lately that in this last year, it seems like um, Brighton. Oh yeah, all the younger girls too. They've all they've placing, stepped it up. All podium, on the podium, what was it? The do thing was uh, Brighton. I think Nicole House. House. She yeah. took first. And Westing. Mm -hmm. Bryce. Yeah, Bryce. She, she podiumed. Mm -hmm. It seems like in the last year, year and a half, that most of the time it's them mm -hmm. podium, you know, doing the getting the podiums. Yeah. It's crazy how fast it. Uh, if if it's a permanent change, it's crazy how fast it changed. Yeah, I feel like definitely um, when King of the Road put you know three women on. As like the special guests, yeah. I feel like that's that was like a propelling thing for women skateboarding to have women included in such like an all male like competition, Format. yeah. Okay. Right. To sh to really showcase that like you know we could hold our own in a man's world, right. which it's always been that way, but people just tend to forget it. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. So, do you have a favorite skater, female skater, or male skater? Male skater, my brother, of course. Yeah. Um, why? Why? Like a hero? The, yeah, of course. I look up to him in many ways. Um, he's just a gnarly skater. Yeah. A lot of power, raw. You know, my dad has always been involved in skating, skating at Pipeline with yeah. Salba and everybody. Yeah. And you know, we've always been immersed into the culture, and yeah. just to see him, because he's not—he's also somebody that's, that's very talented and. Um, is an amazing skater, but he just does it for the fun of it. Yeah. It's not out of you know the seeking of something. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So I guess that's that's a big reason too why I admire him is the fact that he can be off the board for months and step back on it like it was nothing. Really, that's cool. 
I see him at, when I come out here and shoot a contest, you know, I'll see him sometimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how about a female skater? Do you have any favorites or anybody? Female watch? skater? Definitely Nora. I love her pizzazz too. Mm -hmm. She's just a great person. And then she's an amazing artist too. Mm -hmm, yeah. Right. And then I'd have to say, you know, I definitely look up to uh, more of my friends. I have a homegirl yeah. Meg that um, she's a rip and skater. Okay. You know, street and transition. And, mm -hmm. um, like the the women that are put on platforms always have like you know I look up to them too. But it's the people that I see on a regular basis that I can see their progression yeah. like um, with them and really get to know them personally or like the people I, I really look up to in skateboarding and, and admire cool. the most. That's cool. Do you think it's because they're more, <clears throat> is it more real or is it that more things can happen? Because I've, I've been, I was talking to somebody about this just recently about how when things get um, slick and overproduced and a lot of money involved mm -hmm. and corporations are involved and companies and that they can sometimes, it can diminish the, um, the essence of the thing. Like in music, I used to like a band, they were called The Police. Mm -hmm. They had this one record when they had no money, and it just was so beautiful, this record. Was, and then they got popular, and they became this gigantic global band, and as time went by, the records just got worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. and people loved them, don't get me wrong. They are popular. They got a lot of money. But I felt like the art kind of got slicked over and well of course it gets slicked over because as soon as you bring any kind of like um like solitary like artists like that has their own raw abilities and then you incorporate it into something corporate it loses that raw because there's instantly like a, a platform to make more money for that corporation so there's always an input and it's it's diluted like immediately it's like trying to get like a pure color of white after you've put black in it. Yes. Do you think that's happening with, does that happen with skateboarding? Not just women's, but even men's. I mean, when you reach the top of skateboarding, um, is it, are you kind of a product and people that watch that, are they going to sort of get the same? Is it just going to be Coke, Dr. Pepper, and mm -hmm. Pepsi? Or yes and no. Does somebody stand out? Can you stand out within that format and frame? I feel like it's a yes and no question because I definitely think, you know, there are, you know, um, skaters out there that have uh, been subjected more to, like, the corporateness just because, like, you know, they've they've made it. Yeah. And, like, that's an awesome accomplishment. But, yeah, there's um, there's those skaters that, you you know, they've, um, they've had more of that input mm -hmm. into their um, ability. Not necessarily, like, their performance, but just, like, their... Um, their their look and like how they're perceived okay. but then you like skateboarding is such a like you're such an outcast in general so no matter what there's always going to be somebody that's that has that raw even though like they are making it in so in, they keep that somehow retain that yeah like, I if think i watched so. the dude i didn't get to see it but if i watch the boys and you you've been watching skateboarding a long time mm -hmm. is there a guy that won or maybe just is involved in that contest but he still stands out they all sort of look the same. Like, like, like I'm a fan of Tristan Ray. Oh, yeah. Like, and I grew up with him. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, and, but, but, you know, in that, in that group, is there somebody that's like just sort of, you know, stands out within that whole, we're at the Dew Tour, it's a corporate thing, we've got a sticker of some 
stimulating drink on our helmet. Yeah. We can't cuss. We can't... Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff maybe we did on the road, we don't want to discuss here. That, you, know, you know what I'm getting at? I mean, can yeah. you stand out? As yeah. a skater, I just mean as a skater, can you, can you skate... Can you stand above the rest somehow in that frame, in that format? Yeah, I think that comes down to, too, like, how humble you stay. And, like, like you said, you brought up Tristan. Like, he stands out to me because I know him on a personal level. Yeah. You know, he's not just, like, he's an amazing athlete, but he's not just, like, an athlete. You know, he's a friend. To you, he's a person. You know yeah, him. exactly. Yeah. So right. it's it's these relationships that these, um, like, that each skater can develop, like, on their own, too, that makes them stand out, too, as a person. Because... Mm -hmm. Whether you're a great skateboarder or a great artist, if you're a dick, like, yeah. nobody's going to like you. True. Yeah, <laughs> right. Do you think that messes with you in that, in becoming a famous skateboarder, that if you have a bad personality, that even if you're really gifted on the, on the skateboard, that you're not going to get called on for certain trips or... Oh, yeah, that comes, comes with anything. Like, if you're not able to check your ego and realize that you're a human just like everybody else that that affects how somebody perceives you as a person why right. would you want that kind of image for your company even though they're a great athlete right. that can promote it but that person is also promoting like their the image of the brand or the company as a whole too right yeah that's interesting that's interesting um, so do you have like a say a business sense to get where you want or do you have a vision of like where you want your art to be when you know when you make a living at it and you completely self-sustain doing art is there an artist that does it now that you can sort of model after or yeah there is actually and as like a business model I, I definitely like admire her hustle her name is um, San Juan she does like uh, the more like kind of uh, like she calls them her dolls okay. she's based out of LA and she's just kind of like boomed in this past like year and okay. she has a hustle like I haven't seen in a really long time what does she do what's an example she, of that she she does a lot of murals and yeah. then she just hustles the shit out of her she's artwork she is always out there always promoting and she's she seems very personable because she's always doing stuff where she'll just post like I'll be here come and show up I'll have stuff like you know is, and is very inclusive and interactive with her supporters and customers and fans and whatnot and yeah. I admire that because you know even though um you know we're two different people yeah. we're still you know we're still on the same level no matter what kind of like success you've reached like you're still human like anybody else yes. you know there's there's no reason why anybody should hold anybody else on a higher or lower pedestal no, than no, yourself no. I agree yeah so, like, I, I admire her her hustle in that way because, you know, I know my success is going to come from my own motivations and drive in life. And that's that's where I'll get is where I take myself. Right. Not where anybody else takes me. Right. Uh, do you reckon you'll... Do, the, do, you, do you have any idea of what the steps would take to get to that point for you from where you are now to get to the next point? Oh, yeah. Like, I've been vending for a little over a year now. Yeah, tell me about that. You were talking about that when we walked over here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so mainly just going to, like, local music shows, mm -hmm. like, around the area, and then I've done a few in L.A., and I go and set up my table and set up all my products, and I'm just there for the whole event so right. people can come in between um, the bands and whatnot. Mm -hmm. 
And that's great because then I can have a more like one-on-one interaction with yeah. people and, and establish like a, a real customer basis to show that like I'm not just somebody behind a computer screen trying to sell some stuff. Yes. Like this is my life and like my heart and soul. And it's not yeah. just like I'm trying to just sell things for people to have. Like I'm, I'm trying to communicate like a message. I understand I have a gift that can really impact people and yeah. like their subconscious and how they um, perceive things day to day. So I... I really try and promote that self-expansion yeah. and, you know, higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, In and, the art? Yeah, okay. and emulate that. And I feel like I have a good basis now of the fact that, like, I, I'm able to go out and sell my stuff. But I also understand, too, like, I do need to get on the Internet platform okay. and be able to have um, an easier... Because, you know, f- you know, people are lazy. They don't like to have to go out and go get something. They enjoy that ease of clicking a button and being able to buy something from their home. Yes. So as as an artist, and I also have to think as a businesswoman too, like yeah. ultimately what is going to put food on the table for me in the yeah. long run and be right. able to support myself as an individual. Right. So like that, I know establishing... Um, like something online, like a store and a website is, is a next step that I need to do. And, you know, unfortunately, like I broke my knee and then, you know, things have been stunted, but there's also been a lot of growth that has happened in just these, like in this past like month and a half since. So I've had a lot of time to reflect and uh, regroup and think like, okay, I'm here. Where do I want to be next? How do I get there? Yeah. Right. I I think, I think that one, I don't know anything about selling art, uh, but I, but I, you know, but I have feelings a lot about networking. And oh, I, yeah. I think your biggest um, um, selling point, because I believe sales is relationships. Mm-hmm. It's you. You know, you're a very articulate person. You're passionate. You know, you're an interesting person to talk to. And I, I would have never known that shooting you skateboard. It's just like, <laughs> you do another one, okay, do it again. Yeah, how's that look? Yeah. But, um, so I feel like if you could somehow get that out, like, mm-hmm. like say, a YouTube channel, or, or what you're doing, especially, is good too, you know, to go to the flesh and see people, and they talk to you, and they get an idea for who you are, and what you make, and what you stand for. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that sells a thing almost more than the thing. Yeah. You know, because we can get art anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have that personal attachment to a thing, it becomes stronger and more maybe lifelong mm-hmm. you know so maybe something like that you know I was in a I was I was just talking to my old garage band buddy yesterday and we were talking about you know why we never made it mm-hmm. and, and it could be just because we sucked <laughs> but uh, but but another thing that we did do is we played for all of our friends in our neighborhood mm-hmm. for like 10 years yeah we played, you know, the Roxy and the Whiskey and the Troubadour and all this stuff. We opened for the Pixies. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, but we never got in a van and, like, went to Bozeman, Montana or some place in Idaho mm-hmm. or Colorado and played colleges and made relationships with people outside of our circle. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's something, I still believe there's something to be said about that because um, I feel like, you know, phones are kind of not you, that you're not connected oh yeah it's a double-edged sword right um yeah i 
earlier, I was sitting, I got stuck on my phone, the black hole of getting stuck on your phone. <laughs> yeah. And I just, like, had to tell a friend, I got to go, I got to, I need to get off my phone. But at the same time, like, as an artist and as a business person, yeah. like, it's it's very crucial to have an online presence and to, to have that technology to be able to promote yourself. Yeah. But that that one-on-one relationship, yeah. yeah, is ultimately what what sells you as a whole because you can't, you can't get tone and emotion out of... Uh, comment you know it's not it's not the same it's not people are people are so disconnected nowadays it's you know there's so much social anxiety about having to have a one-on-one conversation with somebody but it's you know that that was how it was before that's all and yeah yeah, but now it's it's taken such a short amount of time for people to to turn behind that curtain and just be like i can't talk right and i think that if you can get everybody's art on here you know Everybody's art's on here. So mm-hmm. now there's no more worries about uh, distribution. Yeah. That it's The thing that's going to compel me towards one or another thing is your individuality. Yeah. And so people that kind of try to smooth that out become slicker and, mm-hmm. and I don't know, read a bunch of marketing manuals and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like I'm going to feel like I'm being sold to. I'm going to feel like I'm getting the same thing mm-hmm. I could have got somewhere else. I think that a lot of, and I, I don't know anything about this, it's just my theory that yeah. I think that what interests me personally is that is the individual artist. Like something about them that maybe they think is embarrassing is probably a plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the individuality thing is um, a good point to bring up because like, I was at the show, at my show this past weekend, and I had a girl and she bought stickers and she was telling me about this app called Redbubble. And okay, I guess you put your artwork on there and then the company itself like makes the products for you. Oh wow! What a so trip. I was like, "That's really cool," but at the same time, I have a 